Catholic Conversations on Catholic Spirit Radio. Welcome to Catholic Conversations. I'm your guest host, Royce Hood, and you're listening to uh, to this great program on Catholic Spirit Radio. We just want to thank everybody for tuning in. And I'm super excited to be here today. We actually um, kidnapped Paul, and he's tied up in one of the other rooms, which is why he's uh, not hosting today. So I'm excited. John's looking at me like, what are you talking about? Um, No, but anyway, we're so glad to be here. Um, And we've got a couple of really, really special guests. We're joined by Renee Purcell and Sarah uh, Arendelle. Did I get that? Did I say that right? You're close. Arendelle. Arendelle (laughs) of uh, the Fire Foundation of, of Central Illinois. And I discovered, I learned about the Fire Foundation because we have uh, six amazing children. One of our children um, has some unique uh, needs with respect to learning. And what we've discovered is that so many Catholic schools have amazing curriculum. They've got amazing ministries, but they're lacking the resources to really help children that maybe need a little bit extra resources uh, to learn. And so we wanted to um, bring these wonderful ladies in here today to talk about the work that they're doing through the Fire Foundation of Central Illinois. Uh, Renee and Sarah, how are you doing today? Great. So who wants to start? Um, Sarah, you were, you were sort of one of the founding members of the local foundation. Yeah. Is that correct? Tell us a little bit about why you got involved and what it is that you do. Right. Well, I had um, been trying for several years to see if I could get my daughter into the local Catholic school here. Uh, she has cerebral palsy, but is otherwise like brilliant child. And um, I was just struggling to figure out a way to where, you know, the school would be able to accommodate her needs. And Father Schultz, our pastor at St. Patrick's in Myrna, had um, mentioned the Purcells to me that they were getting involved in this thing called Fire Foundation, that I should reach out to them and um, see if they could possibly help. And so it's just the timing worked out. They were um, beginning to put this board together. So I was one of the original board members to help really, you know, kick off the Fire Foundation here in central Illinois. And so that's how it all came um, together. I'm currently not a board member because I've got a lot going on in my life right now. We're currently moving, but I still help out with fundraising, getting the awareness out there and just anything really that Renee asks me to kind of pitch in with. (laughs) So Renee, um, you're hard to say no to, by the way. <laughs> and that's great because I feel like that's what you need when you're starting something. And I've had a couple conversations with you. And um, tell us a little bit. I mean, why are you doing this? And what is it that you're actually trying to do? Right. Yeah. I, um, well, I've been told that my perseverance has perseverance. So that is why we are moving forward. And really, my husband and I um, looked into Catholic education because we have a daughter with special needs. And We have felt led by the Holy Spirit because things have just fallen into place. We met um, the executive director, the original Fire Foundation in Kansas City. They've been a nonprofit for over 25 years. They're a million-dollar nonprofit now, and we are an affiliate of that larger organization. And just through every turn we take, every challenge we have, somebody— comes in and helps move us along and we just keep saying yes. And so here we are. So we are a 501c3 public charity. We have a mission that is two pillars to advocate for inclusion in Catholic education and then also to raise funds so that Catholic schools can provide the resources. So the mission is, what is your mission then? Is it is it to provide the resources or is it sort of broader actually providing some of the services as well? We provide the, the finances because it'll depend on every school what they will need. Um, but mainly these last several years, we've been 
advocating because there is a certain mindset. People don't realize that in our Catholic schools, we are already doing inclusion and just kind of pointing out what inclusion really is, has been one of our main focuses and then raising funds. Then the schools, our partner schools, we have three um, will apply for grants depending on what their need is. That's great. No. So, I mean, yeah, you hear the word inclusion and sometimes you're not really sure what that means. Right. And maybe it means different things in different contexts. But in this case, what we're talking about here, and you, you handed me a flyer and I, I don't love reading things on the radio, but I really want to read this because it's really interesting. In any classroom, private or public, studies show of 30 students, 7% have ADHD, 5.6% have learning disability, 8% have anxiety, 6.1% have disruptive behavior. At least five students will have adverse childhood experience. Um, and that is 13 out of 30 students will benefit from some form of inclusion education, right? And I mean, a lot of kids probably aren't even diagnosed with anything. But what's amazing to me about education is, is you think about, especially in Western education, we have these like neatly defined little boxes that everybody is supposed to fit into. And the reality is most kids probably don't fit into the box, Correct. Right. And so right. What, what you're doing is you're bridging that gap. You're saying, look, you don't need the box or if you have the box, fine, but here's the resources that you need to actually help. So let's just say, for example, that you've got a school that signs up to be a part of the Fire Foundation. What what happens? So with our partner schools, Corpus Christi and Bloomington and St. Jude and Peoria, we first just identify what they're already doing and what currently exists. And then where are the gaps? Because they're already doing a lot of inclusion and trying to accommodate for kids um, with reading in particularly, or even some sensory disorders that are can easily be problem, you know, solved just based on just a couple of tidbits of information. And then we build from that. What are, what are the families that want to come into the school and what are those needs? Um, and really it's grown in Corpus. We are accommodating more and more, I would say. Um, and I think that people see accommodating doesn't help just that student. It helps Everybody. the whole class. Mm. And just the, the sense of awareness that the students get Studies have shown over and over again that children with needs benefit from being in a general education classroom. But not only they benefit, but the children that are in that classroom with them, they develop yeah. empathy and compassion and self-awareness and gratefulness for what they can do. And, so. that, and that's what we've seen with Maggie being at Corpus Christi this year. She uses a walker wheelchair to get around the school. And just for the other students in the building to be aware of, children with different needs than them and building that compassion and, you know, just the ability to, to step in and help her when needed. It just, it's so beneficial for everybody at the school. No, that's, that's great. I mean, so was Maggie in school prior to your involvement with the fire foundation? This is her first year at Corpus Christi. She's always been at the local public school here um, because we just haven't been able to, um, figure out a way to have the funding to accommodate her because she has a, a 
teacher assistant that was that's with her throughout the day just to keep her safe. She doesn't need it for any academic needs, but for transitioning in junior high and PE and recess. So she um, does have a personal aide that's with her. So um, Adrian Wilson, our principal, was able to find the funding for that because she's been amazing and being very supportive about just finding creative ways to include children like Maggie and find the resources and the money so that we can include her because for too long, children like Maggie just haven't been able to come to the Catholic schools. Right. Yeah. And, and for many of us, and I know for my family, um, the, the education and the catechism and sort of the wholesomeness that you can yeah. encounter through a great Catholic education is so critically important. Maggie has said, she repeatedly says to me, I really love being at Corpus Christi and it feels different than the public school that I have gone to since kindergarten. She goes, I go there and I feel like I'm in a family. And she has said that several times. And I'm like, that's totally right. It feels like a family there where we're all you know, supporting each other and living our faith day in and day out together. And she feels it as a 12-year-old. You know, I can't wait to ask her a couple questions. And to those listening, we have a very, very special guest that Maggie is actually here with us. Um, and so um, we could ask her a couple questions now if if we want to. Maggie, are you are you there? Do you want to talk to us a little bit? Yeah. Oh, wait, I don't know. <laughs> Sorry. Good chat. Yeah, so, um, so Maggie, what do you love about going to a Catholic school? Uh, I just feel like everybody's really like nice and like everybody's there for each other. And it's just like everybody knows like what's like right and like what's not right. And was it different than going to the school that you went to before? Uh, really different. Yeah. Um, what's the biggest difference? Can you can you think of that? That's maybe a tough question to ask. Um, like, like the teachers are like really nice and like everybody like all the teachers like like there's these like at the other school there's not so nice teachers there but like everybody's really nice at Corpus Christi and like there's not really anybody too mean there. Well, that's good. Here's a really important question. Is the lunch good at Corpus Christi? I um well I bring my own lunch. Oh there you go. So it's always good for you. And what is your favorite thing to bring to school for lunch? Is there like a, a go to meal that you really like? I don't know. My mom packs it, so <laughs> That's she eats what yeah. she's given. She eats what <laughs> yeah. Well, I know for my kids, like snack time is a big deal. And they like my son Gabriel, who's out in the lobby, he really loves junk food for snacks. Like he likes brownies and granola bars and things that I also really enjoy, but maybe they're not the healthiest. Is there any particular snack that you like really love? Um, <laughs> um I don't know. Like your friends are always taking things out of your lunchbox. Oh, because yeah. she has good lunch. <laughs> yeah. Huh? yeah, like my mom will pack like like last time she packed like two desserts. So two. Um, Wow, yeah, you're like, you're a lucky lady. Yeah. That's that's well, pretty awesome. Your friend helps herself. Yeah, so. my friend takes it even if I say no. <laughs> so, yeah. You know, I, the, an amazing thing that I've noticed with Maggie is that I've always had her in RE religious ed up until this year, being at Corpus Christi, and just seeing how her faith has grown. It's just so beautiful and just how quickly she knows all of her prayers. And just driving over here, she was telling me about a saint that she had just learned about and about how much this saint meant to her and inspired her. And I'm like, wow, this is amazing how much she is just soaking in about her faith. And Being that in that is, environment. Yes. Absolutely. Yes. Maggie, do you remember the saint that you're telling your mom about? Uh, yeah, it is a saint that we are learning. 
and it was Saint Gianna Mala, and she's a patron saint of like um, moms and um, and um, physicians and um, like babies, I think. And she um, she had like like kind of a hard life because when she had like her fourth child, I think. Um, she had like a tumor growing inside of her, so she had to pick whether she wanted to like live or like her baby. So like she had to pick um like a life, and she chose her baby's life and not hers. And then like a week later, after her baby was born, she died. And yeah, <laughs> I you know I'm familiar with that story, and that is just absolutely beautiful. That testament to motherhood and self sacrifice and. Thank you so much for sharing that with our listeners because that's absolutely beautiful. Yeah. Is there anything else you want to say on the radio? Um, Anybody you want to say hi to? Any of your friends? Um, um, <laughs> say hi to some friends. Hi, Abby. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Abby, if you're listening, we're all waving hi to you right now. <laughs> now this is just great. Um, so uh, let me ask you this then. I mean, you're able to... Uh, get Maggie from the public school into the Catholic school. And you've already said that you saw this huge improvement with respect to like her religious ed and everything else. Anything else? I mean, what other impact has your family experienced that you can share with us about that transition from public to, to Catholic? It is, it has grown my own faith to have my child at the Catholic school. Um, I have two. So Maggie's adopted. We adopted her from China when she was four. And I have two grown boys as well. And they had IEPs. And so I was never able to send them to uh, Catholic school either. But so now that Maggie's there, I feel that my own faith has been strengthened because uh, just being surrounded and entering that school every day and being reminded of prayer and just being involved, um, it's changed my life too. And I feel like, you know, together our faith is growing and it's just such a gift. That's great. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so, so again, just to reiterate the fact that, um, what was the fire foundation partly responsible then for that transition to occur? I absolutely. Yeah. Our principal has been uh, just very motivated since the Purcells have started the fire foundation has been right on board with it. And same with our pastor, father Schultz, and just having, administrators behind us and seeing the importance of this is definitely, um, yeah, I have a lot of uh, gratitude for the Purcells for this. (laughs) (laughs) That's wonderful. It's a big community movement. It's it's a movement movement that's happening nationwide. And it's, once you meet people that are trying to get inclusion in Catholic education, they will help and give you any resource at any time of the day. It's really an awesome community to be a part of. That's great. Yeah, it sounds like it. I mean, it sounds like the fact too that you're growing. So tell us a little bit, Renee, when did you um, when did you start the Illinois version of the Fire Foundation? In 2019, that's when we started. Um, and we started with Corpus Christi and St. Jude. We've recently added on a high school now, St. Thomas More in Champaign. Um, and we are getting inquiries all the time from families all over Illinois that I can try and steer them to resources, but then other schools, it takes a lot of conversations. And so we just start the conversation. That's kind of our first step. Let's just keep talking. Everybody has a different comfort level or a different level of what they want to do. And, and that's, it's as much or as little as they want to start with. Absolutely. So how does that conversation start then? I mean, let's say you've got, there's a Catholic school listening to this program right now and they're thinking, you know, yeah, 
maybe this idea of inclusion, you know, offering some resources for some students that have some special needs would be great. What, what, what do they do? How do they get involved? Well, they can go to our website and contact us through our website or email us. Um, and really, it'll just be a conversation of what, what is it that you want or what are your current needs? And then we can kind of go from there. I would say most schools have some sort of teacher that's designated a resource, but like, let's define that a little bit more and, and see, are there any other resources at school that we can pull together and kind of organize? That's step one. And then we have, um, if I don't know the answer, then I know the person that knows the answer. <laughs> so what else do you need to know? And then we can kind of start figuring out where to go from there. You know, I really, one thing you said that I want to focus on for a moment is the, uh, the resources that are already there. Mm -hmm. And it's amazing how, um, how many times we don't do like our own little inventory. Like here's the tools that we already actually have. It's easy to forget about those tools sometimes and then making sure you're using them properly. Right. Um, and I imagine that's true for personnel as well. I mean, how many schools have probably some, you know, retired or semi-retired special ed teacher, as a mom or a dad or a grandparent right? that they're not utilizing or asking that person for help. So that's amazing as well. When we come back, uh, we're going to take a, just a short break. And again, you're listening to Catholic Conversations on Catholic Spirit Radio. And we're talking about the Fire Foundation of Central Illinois. We just want to thank everybody for listening. We'll be back in just a moment. You're listening to Catholic Conversations on Catholic Spirit Radio. Has Catholic Spirit Radio touched you? Maybe it has brought you closer to God or even into the church. Tell us your story. Call or text our listener comment line. If you like, you can remain anonymous. 773-541-4159. This is it. The final performances ever in Bloomington, Illinois. This is the last season for the spectacular performances of the American Passion Play. The greatest story ever told. The American Passion Play brings Christian history to life with authentic costumes, elaborate settings, and live animals. There's intrigue, drama, friendship, and as the plot unfolds, betrayal, sorrow, and love. You must see the American Passion Play before its final curtain falls at the Center for the Performing Arts in Bloomington. Viewed by generation after generation, this is theater at its best. Performance dates are March 11, 18, 25, and April 1st, and each performance begins promptly at 1 p.m. Reserve your American Passion Play tickets today by calling 309-829-3903. This is an important message for DeKalb, Sycamore, Morris, and Joliet listeners. Catholic Spirit Radio's recent purchase of a radio station in your area has been an expensive endeavor, but a worthwhile investment because in this boisterous secular world, we want your community to hear more about the real truths and beauty of the Catholic faith. With the expansion in your area, we now need your added financial help to maintain it. It costs $7,000 a month to run Catholic Spirit Radio, even with our all-volunteer staff. Show us this station matters to you and the souls of your community. Become a first-time donor. Better yet, become a monthly donor. Join other listeners. When you pay your monthly bills, include a Catholic Spirit Radio donation. Mail to 108 Boykins Place in Normal, Illinois, 61761. Or click the Donate button at catholicspiritradio.org. No one at the station receives a salary, and all donations are tax-deductible. Your donation keeps Catholic Spirit Radio in your community. 
Wondering about your next step? Ashley was in school and pregnant when she reached out to the Pregnancy Resource Center. Would she be judged? Would she be accepted? What she found at LAPRC was a team of people who were committed to providing excellent care and compassionate support to those facing pregnancy decisions through authentic relationships that display grace, honor life, and foster community. If you or someone you know is in a situation like Ashley, or if you want to help support women and families in our community, you can find us at PregnancyResourceCenter.org. Hi, this is Kathy and Anne from Catholic Spirit Radio. We are looking for folks who would love to volunteer with us during our fundraisers and various other station events and tasks throughout the year. We really need volunteers in the DeKalb, Sycamore, Morris, Joliet, and Lincoln areas, as well as Bloomington Normal. If you have a few extra hours or more a month, put them to use for the Lord. We would love to add your name to our Catholic Spirit Radio volunteer list. Contact us at office at catholicspiritradio.org. Welcome back to Catholic Conversations, and I'm your guest host, Royce Hood, and uh, we just want to thank all of our listeners for tuning in to Catholic Spirit Radio. And well, we are back. We are joined again by uh, by Sarah and Renee, who are both involved with the Fire Foundation of Central Illinois. Um, we were just talking about a few different things. We met Maggie, who's in the studio, who's a young, a beautiful young lady that has uh, um, some special needs, and but is at um, the Corpus Christi School and uh, Renee and Sarah, thank you so much for being here. Thanks for having yeah. us. Thank you. What are some ways that people can get involved with the Fire Foundation, Renee? So there's a lot of ways that people can support us. Um, and I always say, pray for us. Um, pray for our success that we can continue to advocate um, to show that Inclusion in Catholic schools is something that is possible. You could volunteer in a, in a variety of ways. Um, you could donate. That's a big one. Um, you could become part of our board and help to guide our goals and strategies. Or, you know, you can come and support our events. Well, that's great. The um, the the foundation that started this all, you already mentioned, was based out of St. Louis. Is that right? Kansas City. Kansas City. Okay. And uh, oh, we like them. They just uh, won the Super Bowl. Yeah. I think. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, they have a great Catholic kicker, by the way. I get, you know, I get distracted easily, but I love <laughs> that Catholic kicker. He's awesome. <laughs> anyway, so all right, so Kansas City. How did you get involved? How did you find out about the Fire Foundation in Kansas City? So we have a daughter with special needs and in researching what are our options for her there were not any and my husband is an educator he teaches at ISU and he found this conference that uh, was a Catholic educational conference in Chicago he went up there on a whim they had an inclusive session and he met the chief executive officer of the fire foundation in Kansas City and they got to talking and then we met and one thing led to the next and we became the founders of the fire foundation of central Illinois. So um, what, what happened? I mean, that's kind of a funny story. Probably your husband came home and was like, by the way, we just started a yeah, foundation. I know. How did that work? Well, you know, we've, we prayed a lot about it. It's not easy being a parent of a special needs child. And, um, it, you know, it's hard. You have to grieve that. Right. And kind of come to terms with, what that future will look like for that child. And so we've really, um, I've learned how to give it up to God. And that's a hard thing to do, but I've, I've, Adele is a gift from God and we have learned that from her. And so 
ever since then, I, I say yes to these kinds of opportunities because I never know where they'll lead. And I think hopefully eventually she will reap the benefits of it and be included. You know, it's amazing. So, I mean, I, I'd love to talk a little bit about Adele if you want. Yeah. Tell yeah. us about Adele. So she has a very rare chromosome deletion. She is a unicorn. There's literally nobody like her worldwide that has her particular chromosomal deletion. She is globally delayed. So motor, um, cognitively, she will light up any room. She loves everybody. She tends to find the one grouch in the room and go up and give them a hug and make them smile. She's That's like her superpower. Um, and she's she's definitely changed our family. You know, we cared about things that are silly, you know, and having her in our life, our boys, I have two older boys, um, you know, they're on sports teams. She's never going to get to be on. If they don't get to play, you know, we're like, you get to be on the team and participate and be part of this. And they know how think they're so thankful of that because they see their, their sister that doesn't have that opportunity or the birthday parties, you know, and that's, that's really the reason I want Adele to go, um, to Catholic school because she's not going to have those things. But the one thing she has and that she's always had is her faith. She is a speech delayed child, but she praying like comes so easily to her. Amen was one of her first words. <laughs> she has to our amazement memorized prayers. And, um, you know, she could have in her day of school where literally everything is so hard for her moments that are broken up with prayer. I just, I'm curious to see what kind of success that would lead to for her. Cause they would be little wins for her. Whereas anything that we just take for granted, you know, she is fighting and fighting and fighting for. And how, how old is Adele? She's seven. Seven. Okay. And um, so that's, I mean, look, if the first word isn't going to be mommy or daddy, pray, <laughs> you know, amen is not a bad first word, right? Yeah. I mean, that's huge. I yeah. love that. I love the fact that, um, as you mentioned, she lightens up the room and just all that love. Right. Unconditional. Uh, unconditional. And it's clear too uh, the unconditional love that your family has. I mean, look, the fact that you were able to take that cross and start something to help other families. And your family isn't even at the point yet where you can realize the fruit of your own ministry. That that's what I'm so in awe of the Purcells for. Like what the, all their hard work has benefited me and <laughs> other children, but it hasn't come to help them just in this particular way yet, but they keep going. And it's amazing. No, that's huge. I mean, that's selfless. It's, uh, you know, sacrificial and it's absolutely just, uh, just so encouraging. Um, I know for me and I'm sure for our listeners as well. So, um, well, first of all, I'd, I'd love to meet Adele at some point. She sounds incredible. And I know my <laughs> daughter would love to meet her as well. Ava, who's out outside. We, um, you know, we, we have a son who is, you know, it has, again, some speech delays, but very, very minor. Um, everybody's, everybody's different, but even, even him, like there's limited resources available. So I know there are families that could really benefit from this. I mean, what are our options? Our options are homeschool, which is a great option if you can do it, Catholic school, um, or the public schools. And we're fortunate we've got a, a, a somewhat decent um, a program at the public schools, but I, you know, we want that Catholic education. We want that fellowship. Right. Right. And there's, yeah. it's irreplaceable. There's something that you just don't get anywhere else. Absolutely. 
Yeah. And Adele is at our local public school and it's amazing. They are part of our village. She, they've helped her grow and achieve goals that we didn't see. You know, that's the thing with Adele. They say, oh, she's never going to do this. And then she proves us wrong every time. But her group is, I just am so thankful for them. Um, and so it isn't, it isn't, I, it's not public versus private at all. You know, that that is an wonderful option for her. But, you know, like I've said, I think being able to practice your faith and being in that church community where she's at school with all of the other kids that she sees and they know her and she would be known as Micah and Ezra's sister, you know, not the kid that's in Miss Melissa White's class or, you know, like in these two different classrooms right. with the aide. Um, it's just a different feel for her day to day. Sure. No, absolutely. I mean, that, that, that makes sense and you articulate it so well. Um, as you're, doing this. Let's switch gears for a few minutes and um, let's talk about inspiration. You know, aside from the fact that you have a, a daughter that you want to help, what's your inspiration? Wanting to, is there anything you can? Well, I think I went to Catholic school. I was fortunate enough, you know, to go from K through 12 and then I went to Marquette for college. Um, and I really think that I'm the person I am today because of those little experiences that happened all along the way. We're always encouraged to volunteer and that exposed me to different things. And it gave me a sense of stewardship, you know, that it is part of my role as a human being. And then I went to the Peace Corps and that's where I met Jay. So we're, that's like wired into our, like who we are, you know, we want to make this world a better place. We we often laugh at ourselves because we our plates are very full. But <laughs> the P, I mean the Peace Corps. So tell but us, we, like, tell but us we about, like that. <laughs> tell us about the Peace Corps a little bit. Where where did you go? We were in Saint Lucia. Okay, people laugh. They think we were on sounds spring like a, break. I sound, know. Sounds like a vacation. <laughs> I know. Yeah, yeah. Well, it is an underserved country, um, and so we were there for a couple of years. And he was there before me, and. It, you know, it's just, it's so, it's so strange how God works, isn't it? You know, it's just, I don't know. So, so tell us, I mean, you met your husband in the Peace Corps. Mm -hmm. So I'm just so curious, <laughs> how, how did that go down? Did he like walk up to you and say hi or? Well, he had been there a year. So he was already removed from society. And in my opinion, when I first <laughs> met him, <laughs> was kind of crazy. Um, and I had vowed to myself to make this a journey about me and not want to meet anybody. And, you know, I didn't want to have a boyfriend. It was like the universe finally said, okay, now it's time for you to meet your husband. And he has said that he knew right away when he met me, but it's just, it's such an amazing experience to have with somebody. We didn't have all the distractions and we were there helping. He was helping educators. I was doing HIV AIDS education. So... You know, that's, that's huge. I mean, that experience is so unique. Yeah. It's like, you've got this bond of doing something for others. Right. That's a pretty cool way to meet someone. Yeah. Well, and that's what I say. I, I bring it up when I'm like trying to sell the fire foundation, like to the diocese or to, you know, somebody like Jay and I are, are Peace Corps volunteers. We know what sustainability projects are. Like that's what we did, you know? So that's what's so important to us is, for this to be something that's sustainable, not just for our daughter, but forever. So when I met my wife, we met at the second day of orientation at Ave Maria School of Law. And I see her, she's wearing like this little gray suit. She looked like a little, like a future judge. <laughs> and she had a cup of coffee. 
And I had no idea what to say to her, but I thought she was really pretty and I wanted to say hi. So I walked over to her and I said, hey, where'd you get your coffee? She just kind of looked at me and kind of rolled her eyes. She's like, at home? <laughs> and that was our first conversation. <laughs> Years later with all these beautiful kids. Yeah. <laughs> but she, I think she was the same thing. She's like, hey, you know, who is this guy? Yeah. And, uh, I just kept being nice and persistent. Persistence, if you're listening and you're a single guy, persistence and is it a good thing. Off, it yeah. pays off, right? It does pay off, yeah. No, so this is, uh, you know, such a blessing to have you all on this program today and to talk a little bit about the Fire Foundation. Um, what Do you have some big things coming up that people can get involved with here in the uh, the Central Illinois area? Yes, we do. We have a f- Fired Up for Fitness. We have a session at Orange Theory Fitness here in Bloomington, Illinois on March 5th. And then we will have our Fun on Fairways Golf event July 24th at Crestwick Country Club. Um, so, so when okay, so let's talk about the fitness thing. Is that just uh, like anybody that goes there, a percentage of it benefits the Fire Foundation? Yeah, or? It's, a, it's a donation class. And so it's open to anybody, even if you're not a member. Um, and so it's $25 to go and get this amazing workout. They are fabulous. And actually the owner of the Orange Fit. Orange Theory Fitness is um, a family member of Corpus Christi as well. And so she is donating all those proceeds to the Fire Foundation. However, if you're not a member, you have to get there about 30 minutes before it starts to get a little orientation on the equipment. Um, but otherwise, it's a, it's a lot of fun to work out. The fellowship of us all being there for a common cause and getting a good sweat in, it, it's a lot of fun. So is this like one of those things where you're working out for like a minute on each machine and you get pushed around? Like- yeah, it's sort of like a hit type of workout. Okay. It's really, it's cool. It's fun. That, that is, that, that sounds like fun. Um, all right. And then the golf. Yes. So that's pretty, that's definitely fun. I'm, I'm a terrible golfer, by the way, which is shocking because I'm from South Florida where everybody golf. <laughs> yeah, I'm not a golfer either. I'm kind of <laughs> like Happy Gilmore. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah, right? Yeah. Happy Gilmore. Exactly. Yeah. My club goes further than the ball does. Right. Yeah. Um, that's that's really, really cool. So tell us about, a little bit about that. Is that just something people can sign up for and they can actually go out and golf? Yes. So it'll be a shotgun start at noon. We have lunch sponsored. Um, we're looking for sponsorships for the golf event. We'll be advertising, you know, whole sponsors, Longest Drive. Um, and you know, we hope to get, we hope to fill the course and this will be our, our first annual golf event. That's um, really sounds like a lot of fun. And how, again, you mentioned you've got three schools right mm-hmm. now. You've got St. Jude, Corpus Christi, and you've got one in Champaign. Yes, a high school. All right. And what's your goal? I mean, do you, do you hope to generate other schools as well? Absolutely. I hope that we can impact the whole diocese. Um, the pilot schools, our first three schools, we're learning, you know, what works and how to mainstream the process. And then maybe they will be mentors for the next door school, you know, and, and it'll form a, a community. And the unique thing about the Fire Foundation of Central Illinois is it's bringing all the schools in the diocese together for one purpose versus sometimes we're competing against each other. And I think that that's really cool, too, is Let's all get together and figure out this problem and make it a reality. What, so what is the barrier then for entry? Like, let's say there's a school and they want to open up the program for inclusion. Is it hiring an extra person? Is it, you know, getting a couple of volunteers? Yeah, what is, what? yeah, I mean, I taught in the public schools for about 25 years. And so I've seen firsthand on the resources that are available to them because they get a, a lot of government funding and they've got extra paraprofessionals. They've got extra interventionists. Um, 
you know, whether it's training for teachers, uh, more books. So, you know, they have much more access to that kind of stuff than the, the Catholic schools do. And that's, um, the biggest difference. And it, just to be able to combine those two things with having all those resources available to us at the Catholic school is just the, the best combination. And so every school is going to have a different need. Like with Maggie, her needs are all physical. So, you know, at one point we sort of walked around Corpus Christi and looked at physical barriers for her. Like, oh, is there going to be a ramp to get into this door? Or do we need handicap accessibility on this? With the bathroom doors, do we need to change like a stall situation. So every child, every school is going to have different needs. Um, and then and, you know, you apply for a grant or whatever. Um, yeah, you'd think it would be relatively easy. Okay, you need a ramp. You need, you know, yeah. a different stall. But I, I mean, or even an all inclusive uh, uh, playground. Like right now, Corpus Christi, uh, she's not able to access the playground because it's on like mulch and there's a big grassy field to get there. So even things like that, um, you know, could come down the pipeline for for helping kids. And that's amazing. I mean, and and the point of that is it takes time, labor, and resources, mm-hmm. right? To be able to fix, you know, add a little sidewalk in and make right. a, an area. And uh, everybody's different. Every kid is different. And that's what's so cool about what you guys are doing is because you take them where they are and you try to bridge whatever gap it is that they're experiencing. Mm-hmm. Right. And, you, and that's a, why advocacy is such an important part because you don't know what you don't know, right? And so- People might not think, you know, if they're thinking we're going to add on to our playground, well, make it inclusive just right from the start. Even if you don't have a child you're accommodating right now, you know, and so that's a huge part of just telling stories and opening people's eyes to what that really means. So when we come back from our break, we'll uh, we'll wrap up this show uh, with um, with Renee and Sarah. And I want to talk a little bit um, about their families and how faith makes an impact in, in their homes and in the life in their lives and and all the work that they do. So thank you so much for listening. Uh, I'm Royce Hood. You're listening to Catholic Conversations on Catholic Spirit Radio. You're listening to Catholic Conversations on Catholic Spirit Radio. This is it. The final performances ever in Bloomington, Illinois. This is the last season for the spectacular performances of the American Passion Play, the greatest story ever told. The American Passion Play brings Christian history to life. With authentic costumes, elaborate settings, and live animals, there's intrigue, drama, friendship, and as the plot unfolds, betrayal, sorrow, and love. You must see the American Passion Play before its final curtain falls at the Center for the Performing Arts in Bloomington. Viewed by generation after generation, this is theater at its best. Performance dates are March 11, 18, 25, and April 1st and each performance begins promptly at 1 p.m. Reserve your American Passion Play tickets today by calling 309-829-3903. Hi, this is Kathy and Anne from Catholic Spirit Radio. We are looking for folks who would love to volunteer with us during our fundraisers and various other station events and tasks throughout the year. We really need volunteers in the DeKalb, Sycamore, Morris, Joliet, and Lincoln areas, as well as Bloomington Normal. If you have a few extra hours or more a month, put them to use for the Lord. We would love to add your name to our Catholic Spirit Radio volunteer list. Contact us at office at catholicspiritradio.org. Am I pregnant? This is often the first question a woman needs answered when she comes to the Pregnancy Resource Center. What now is the second question. Living Alternatives Pregnancy Resource Center is committed to providing excellent care, compassionate support, and honest information to those facing pregnancy decisions through authentic relationships that display grace, honor life, and foster community. 
Living Alternatives needs your help to encourage and support women in Bloomington Normal. Make your donation or find out more ways to get involved at PregnancyResourceCenter.org. This is an important message for DeKalb, Sycamore, Morris, and Joliet listeners. Catholic Spirit Radio's recent purchase of a radio station in your area has been an expensive endeavor, but a worthwhile investment because in this boisterous secular world, we want your community to hear more about the real truths and beauty of the Catholic faith. With the expansion in your area, we now need your added financial help to maintain it. It costs $7,000 a month to run Catholic Spirit Radio, even with our all-volunteer staff. Show us this station matters to you and the souls of your community. Become a first-time donor. Better yet, become a monthly donor. Join other listeners. When you pay your monthly bills, include a Catholic Spirit Radio donation. Mail to 108 Boykins Place in Normal, Illinois, 61761. Or click the Donate button at catholicspiritradio.org. No one at the station receives a salary, and all donations are tax-deductible. Your donation keeps Catholic Spirit Radio in your community. Welcome back to Catholic Spirit Radio. You're listening to Catholic Conversations, and I am your uh, guest host today, Royce Hood. And we are joined uh, in the studio with uh, by Sarah and Renee and Maggie as well. Maggie, you still with us? She's she's nodding her head, yes. <laughs> and uh, uh, Maggie, you're 12 years old, and you've got a really cool looking phone. <laughs> what is your favorite thing to do on your phone? Text my friends. Texting friends. Yeah. My daughter really wants a phone. And she's like, you know, all my friends have phones. I'm like, you're nine years old. Why do your friends have phones? You do not need a phone. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Maybe I'm just a person. Hold your ground. Yeah. The, yeah. the longer you can put it off, <laughs> and, the and better. So true. Because we experienced that with like the little iPad, even like the not real iPads, <laughs> yeah. which are a bad investment, by the way. The iPads work great. Yeah. We got like the fake iPads mm-hmm. and they're just frustrating. Yeah. Yeah. Nothing works. Yeah. But once they get a device like that, it's really hard to pry them away. Yeah, oh, it is. Mm-hmm. Right. And so it's good to do that, to have those boundaries and to limit, limit that screen time. Absolutely. Um, but... Uh, same time too like our kids are sometimes doing like really cool things like my daughter is watching like these uh, she loves home improvement shows yeah so I'll like come home and the couch has moved like halfway across the living room and I'm like <laughs> what's going on here and it's her mother-in-law uh, my mother-in-law and, and her like they love like decorating our house so you never know where my comfy chair is going to be when I get right. home yeah that's funny so um, we've been talking about the fire foundation and all the great work that you guys are doing what's next where do you hope to be like if you could give us you know, best case scenario, next couple of years, what is the Fire Foundation of Central Illinois going to be doing? I would love for the Fire Foundation to have to develop a foundation of money so that we can provide our schools with the resources they need, a special education teacher, professional development for the teachers, all of the assisted technology for the students. I also want to just continue to advocate for inclusion and hope to build in our parishes a community of support. I think there are families that are not like Sarah and I that don't talk about their children with special needs. It's hard for them. They're isolated. And I think it would be great to establish a community. Here we are. We're here for you. We've been through this. Um, so hopefully, you know, that's so true that that there's this uh, sort of like, I don't want to say stigma, but there is like even even 
families that have to a lesser extent, like maybe just a slight learning delay or a right. speech delay. And it's, it's maybe minimum in the grander scheme of things, but there's, there's very little, like you don't want to talk about it. Right. And so getting past that sort of ty- taboo thought, I think is so huge. Letting people know like, Hey, it's okay. God made everybody different. Right. Exactly. I love the story of Einstein. Do any of you know his story when he was a youngster? Which I don't story? think so. <laughs> okay, and I'm going to get it terribly wrong. But Einstein, as we know, is like the smartest person ever, I guess, recently, right? Um, and he was told he was kicked out of like every school when he was a toddler and when he was a young student. And his mom was really frustrated. And they're like, we just can't teach him. He's incapable of learning. Wow. No one is going to be able to teach this kid anything. Good luck. And so his mom, instead of telling him that, she took him home. She said, you are so smart that there's nothing they can teach you. You already know everything. So I'm going to have you home and I'm going to teach you. So he was actually homeschooled. Oh. And I'm going to teach you as best I can. And and you are, you're just beyond their ability. Yeah. It turned out she was right. Uh-huh. Wow. It wasn't that he couldn't learn. It was that he, he was so smart. He was so bored. Yeah. Uh-huh. Right. Yeah, he just had to learn differently. Yeah. Well, and to your point on that, um, inclusion, people automatically think by default that it's children who are struggling. But there is that 10% that are bored and that are academically very, very unchallenged. And inclusion would include modifying something for them, too. And so everybody would benefit that falls um, outside of the margins. You know, and it's so, I, I would guess it's the hardest part is figuring out what they need. Right. And because they're all so different. I know for me, like I, this is sort of funny, but like I played baseball and I was terrible. It just didn't click. And I would go, I would join the league. and I was like, I'm not very good at this game. And then like a year, I stopped playing. And then a year or two later, it clicked. I'm like, oh, I get it now. Like it just took me longer to understand. And that was partly because we didn't really play that many sports. I was always swimming. I was a great swimmer. (laughs) But it's funny, like that example, I guess, is just me thinking like, okay, yeah, it took it took a while for it to click. Mm-hmm. And I see that with some of my own kids sometimes. And they're each so different. And some of them, things just click instantly. And others, they get there, but they get there their own way. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it, it's it's really interesting to see the the shift in the teaching with the Catholic schools, because I, I did teach last year at Corpus Christi. I was their reading interventionist. And when I grew up in, I also went to 12 years of Catholic school, and it was a very traditional style of teaching. We had our, our basils, you know, we all read from the same book. We all were taught the same way. It was a very cookie cutter. If you didn't fit into that mold, ooh, then, you know, you fail. <laughs> you know, that was just the option. And just to see how our teachers teach now in such an inclusive manner, where we are the meeting the children where they're at and we're getting those resources and that training and, and the, the teachers, uh, it's a very different style and a much better style of teaching that I think we're seeing the, the Catholic schools grow into. So you, you touched on something that I want to capture, reading interventionists. Yeah. So tell us about that. What did you do? Well, I've been a reading interventionist for basically my whole career. And so my job was to diagnose reading disabilities with children and then develop an intervention program for them, meet them where they're at, and hopefully close that gap between where they are and where they should be grade-wise. So huge fit, obviously. And um, I mean, wow. Wow. And so are they, uh, the Fire Foundation, like making you work like 24 hours a day? <laughs> She's a good resource. <laughs> well, uh, I, it's my passion. I mean, I tutor at home too. It's just what I love to do. I love I love working with children that need a little extra support. And it's just so gratifying to me to see that um, 
you know, them grow and develop. And so that's, I mean, that's honestly, I know like St. Jude, we could use somebody like you and we've, they've <laughs> yeah. got, you know, a couple of people there, but they're so limited. And all the public schools have them, at least one. Right. And so um, luckily Corpus Christi has one now full time and we need to see, we could even use another one, you know, right. but to have the, the money for that to happen and in all the schools would be amazing. So everybody get your lottery tickets and <laughs> when you win, think of the Fire Foundation right, yeah. or just honestly, the resources are there. Yeah. And like you said, I mean, how many, how many people in the parish have the ability and I was at a fundraiser recently and it was brilliant because they didn't just ask us at the end. They gave us this great dinner, which was free and they did a really cool speech. And then at the end it was like, okay. And in the middle of your table, there's these cards and you don't just fill it out. Like when you're done, you take it up and you drop a pebble into this glass and everybody's going to hear you donate. I was thinking like, oh man, like I'm going to have to donate now. Right. Because <laughs> they're, if I don't, you're not going to hear my pebble. <laughs> and what they did was the ask was great. They didn't say just donate once. They said, can you give a little bit every single month for the next three years, five years? That's and, great. Right. And it was just like, you don't have to, if you can't, like if you can only make one gift, that's uh -huh. fine. Uh -huh. But that's, you know, I think the resources are there. And then what do you do once you get the money? You figure, you know, you hire mm -hmm. the help to go into these right. different schools and to be there, to be that aid. Mm -hmm. A lot of these kids, mine are saying is they just need somebody, maybe it's academic or uh -huh. it's physical. Um, but the kids I know need an academic support. They need an aid, somebody mm -hmm. that can sit with them a few extra minutes every class. Right. Um, the extra tutoring, things like that are things that these schools could be offering. And I would rather, I would rather do it through the school where, you know, you're going to be able to make an impact on multiple families. Right. Right. Yeah. So anyway, I, I don't know. I just, I'm so in awe of what you guys are doing and I, I really wish you guys all the best success. Thank um, you. So, all right. So if anybody wants to get involved, tell us your website again. Um, it's firefoundationcil.org and our uh, email is info at firefoundationcil.org. All right. So you might get a whole bunch of emails, hopefully. That'd be uh, awesome. Yeah. So um, let's switch gears for just a minute. Um, I, I mean, we talked about inspiration a little bit. Obviously, obviously, faith is a huge part of both of your lives. Tell us about that a little bit. How has faith made an impact in your home and in your work? Well, like Renee, I grew up 12 years of Catholic education. And so it's just the fiber of who I am. And my faith has carried me through some really rough times in my life. My 40s were not easy. And I feel like my faith is what got me through and, and you know, gave me perseverance and got me through some really tricky times. And I have a hard time understanding how people go through difficult times in their life without faith to lean on, without God to lean on. Um, and so I, it's such a gift to give your child. I can't imagine a better gift to give your child than the gift of faith because it sustains them their whole life. Um, so I'm very happy and blessed that with Maggie that she's receiving that that gift of faith. So who's your favorite saint then? Sarah? Oh, mine? Okay, I really love St. Monica. <laughs> uh, I think she was a, an amazing mother who prayed for her son very hard. And I have two sons that I pray for very hard. <laughs> yeah, you know, they're in the early 20s, you know, young men and faith hasn't quite become, you know, their priority yet. And so she inspires me. Yeah. You know, I, I was, uh, it's hard to believe, but I was a young man in my twenties once as well. And <laughs> I was probably just exactly where they are at. Yeah, yeah. Faith, faith was there. It was there somewhere, Yeah, but it wasn't something that I really focused a whole lot on. Right. Right. 
Um, so have faith and keep praying yep, for them. Yeah, I promise you that that and keep you know living. And yeah, loving I know that foundation is in them because I gave that to them. You know, they they are confirmed. We we got I got them through <laughs> that. So that faith is in them, and at some point in their life, they're gonna find that they need to use it. You know, I think what did it for me is my mom took me on a, a pilgrimage or two. Like I didn't really want to go, but she's like, hey, you want to go to Europe on this pilgrimage? And <laughs> she didn't really have the resources to take me to Europe, but she did. Mm-hmm. <laughs> And I'm not saying that's what you need to do. <laughs> um, there's good places around here you can go as well. I mean, yeah. hey, uh, Peoria has a, a Fulton Sheen Shrine, right? There's uh-huh. some, there's some neat things and retreats like that that can happen. Um, I, I'm curious about Maggie's favorite saint. She wants to Ooh, tell us. What is it? Uh, Mother Teresa. Oh, yeah, we were talking Mother about Mother Teresa. Teresa. Yeah. Tell us why do you like Mother Teresa so much, Maggie? Um, because she like she helps people, and um, she helps people like all like across the world and stuff, and um, she helps like kids and um and um, an orphanages. Too. Yeah, and, and you used to be in an orphanage, so yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Maggie, how old were you? Do you remember how old were you when you were adopted? Four. And do you remember anything before that? Like, uh-uh. no, she doesn't remember anything. <laughs> well, that is so cool, and we are just so happy to have you here. And I think Mother Teresa is a really, really cool saint, so that you can't go wrong. Did you know I actually met Mother Teresa's attorney? I'm a lawyer. I met her oh. attorney, a guy named Jim Tuey. True story. I don't know if he was her only attorney, but he oh my goodness. he often joked about that. He's like, yeah, it was actually Mother Teresa's attorney. <laughs> you don't think of her as having an attorney. Right, exactly. People, you know, what it was is people were using her image. They're like putting it on oh, t-shirts and, um, you know, selling books that weren't really her books. Uh-huh. And so he was like, I, you know, a lot of these people mean well, but they're using the money for things that aren't in line with her mission. So he his job was to like very politely say, hey, kind of cut it out. Yeah, I could see that. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, okay, so uh, Renee, favorite saint? Um, well, I've thought a lot about this. There are some saints associated with um, special needs. Blessed Margaret of Casillo and St. Lucy are some of the patron saints. Um, Tell us about uh, Margaret. So she was blind and was not able to walk, and her parents cast her out. And... Um, she had to live on the streets and now she is the patron saint of the poor and disabled and unwanted. And um, she is often like the picture if you search on different things for special needs. Um, but in my own life, my my grandmother, who is 100 years old, is our prayer warrior in our family. And she, since I've, you know, ever can remember, has always told me, St. Mary is your mother She's your real mother. That's who, you know, pray to her. And <clears throat> so I would say that that's probably my favorite saint, the saint that I pray to, just as a mother for guidance. And you can't go wrong. Guidance and love. You can't go wrong yeah. with <laughs> right. spiritual mother. Right. And who is the other saint you mentioned? St. Lucy. She is the patron saint of the blind and okay. those of vision problems. Uh, that's uh, really, really cool. It's always interesting to hear, you know, who people's, Favorite. Yeah, we need to know what yours is now. You know, I, I have to say, I love Augustine. Uh-huh. <laughs> I really do, for many reasons. Uh, and, you know, and the fact that he had a conversion, he was like this really super cool warrior. He, you know, like did all sorts of really neat things. Um, you know, another saint I like that you don't hear about as much uh, in the church is, uh, is Constantine. Right? He's more uh-huh. recognized in the, uh, the Eastern 
church. But it's interesting, you know, hearing about him, the fact that he had this prayer and he said, listen, God, if I beat this army, um, you know, I'll convert to Christianity. And so they, he had this dream like, hey, you're going to beat the Persians. He painted the cross on the flag and they beat it. And he, you know, converted all of Rome basically to Christianity. Yeah. It's pretty awesome. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. When you put it that way. Right. Yeah. yeah. But Augustine is for sure, I think my favorite saint. And then you can't go wrong with Mary. I've leaned on Mary right. so many times. And mm -hmm. I know my wife has as well. Absolutely. Yeah. All right. She's a refuge of sinners. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yes. <laughs> so, so, all right. In the last couple of minutes we have uh, for all of our listeners, um, I just want to encourage each of you. I mean, everybody probably knows um, somebody that has kids that have, you know, maybe every, every kid is different. No kid fits into a box perfectly. Every kid has basically, they're born with their own little box, right? Mm -hmm. And so we need to take them where they are and love them where they are and, and make sure that they have the resources that we're able to catechize. This, this world is in major trouble right now. Yeah. Yeah. And we need kids to have a strong faith foundation and a strong, um, just a strong foundation of education as well. Mm -hmm. I got to tell you, I, I post things on Twitter and I'm, I sometimes troll people that I don't agree with politically and I'm, I'm not supposed to do that. But I posted a <laughs> comment and I was like trying to be charitable and a young lady and my comment had to do with um, so a controversial subject. But anyways, a young lady wrote back, she's like, oh, um, you know, that's one party's fault. The Supreme Court is in charge of writing bills. And she was, of course, terribly wrong. The Supreme Court is not in charge of writing bills. That's Congress. And I, I thought to myself, like, oh, man. <laughs> yeah. This is what we're up against. Right, like, right. people have no clue how things work. And so education is so important. Um, I have to ask uh, Maggie one more question. What is your favorite subject in school? Um, probably, like, writing or um, English. Yeah, you've always been a very good writer. Yes. Uh, okay, what is your favorite thing to write about? Oh, I don't know. Like, I don't know. I just write, like, stories. Or, yeah. Oh. Or, like, I know. I don't know. Like, like, our teacher just gives us, like, a like assignments to write about and, like, essays to do. And I don't know. I, like, right now we're writing about, like, if we had, like, our own school and um, what it would be like. Okay. That's cool. <laughs> okay, I'll tell you what. If you write me a story, it could be like a couple paragraphs long, not too, too long. Maybe like a page max. I will read it on a show. Okay. How about that? Because I do a, a podcast as well. It can be about anything. It can be about your favorite saint. It can be about your favorite food. Um, it could be about your what do you want to be when you grow up and why. All right, so if you write a story, I will read it. How about That's, that? What do you think? Sure. Yeah. yeah. All right, that sounds like fun. Um, no due date. You can Whenever <laughs> you get it ready, you can have your, your uh, mom email me. Well, guys, I just want to thank you so much for joining this program and, uh, and sharing the work that you do through the FIRE Foundation. And Maggie, we really are so grateful that you're here as well. Um, and we want to thank Catholic Spirit Radio for this program and for allowing me to be a co-host. They might change their mind after this episode. or uh, <laughs> You never know. John Shaken has said no. Um, but no, we, we really just uh, appreciate all of the listeners as well. So please be sure to check out CatholicSpiritRadio.com and uh, join us on Facebook as well. And uh, be sure to like and comment um, on their posts and let them know that you're listening because it means a great deal when we know that you guys are listening out there. So thank you so much and God bless each of you. Thank, Thank you. you. You've been listening to Catholic Conversations. Download our podcasts at catholicspiritradio.com.